So there's a comedian named Tim Hawkins, and he talked about a time in his life when he was really far from God. He, was, he said every night was drunkenness, cursing, swearing, fighting, and then he said, you know what, enough's enough, I have to quit church softball. And uh, so we have a church softball team. It's actually nothing like that. We have a great time, and uh, we, we really enjoy it. And, and I can tell you this, there, there are three reasons why I will quit church softball one day, and I love playing softball. Joey convinced me years ago to start a team, and I, I love playing. But I'll tell you three reasons why I will quit eventually. Uh, the first one is fear. We play in a league where they use composite bats. It means they're not wood, they're not metal, they're made of material to make the ball go really fast and really far. And I'm an infielder, and I like my face where it is. And so I get a little fearful playing infield with some of these huge dudes we're playing against just killing the ball at me. So fear is definitely one up there, right? Another one is doubt. You see, here's my doubt. I'm 38, going to be 39 next month. I kind of doubt that my best years as an athlete are ahead of me, okay? Just a thought. And I'll give you a couple examples why. Uh, When you're young, you can, like, do stuff and get up the next morning, okay? When you get older, it's not quite the same. When I was 18 years old, I was at a friend's house, and he had this rope attached to a high limb on one of his trees, probably 20, 25 feet in the air. I climbed the rope, and I reached for the limb. I was planning on just grabbing the limb, hanging out for a little while. Why, I don't know. And then climbing back down the rope. When I lunged for the rope, I missed it, and I fell the 20, 25 feet, landed on my back, kind of had the wind knocked out of me, and then I got up, and I swam and played volleyball the rest of the night, and I was fine, because that's what happens when you're 18 years old. You can do that. 38 years old, morning after a softball game, it hurts to go like this. Got that? You see that little move right there? It's my dance move, all right? It hurts just to do that, okay? Uh, I'm not as flexible as I used to be, you know, so I'm warming up before the games. The guys think I have a scratch on my knee, a little itch. No, this is just as far as I can stretch. That's as far as I go, okay? Um, so there's some, some issues I see. So, so doubting that my greatest years are ahead of me, eh, probably not as an athlete, sadly enough. Uh, the third reason is my shortcomings, my shortcomings, which unfortunately get worse as I get older. So I'm the kind of guy who, I, if, if I make mistakes, like I don't sleep, like, okay? Like, like some people, they can play, or, and play a great game or a terrible game and just be fine either way. I'm the kind of guy, man, when I mess up, like I don't sleep, I don't stop thinking about it. And so this past year, um, I broke my thumb playing second base, and so I was out for about half the season. We come back just around playoff time, and we were playing the best team, and we beat them in the first game. If we beat them again, we were going to go to the championship. And this was a good team, and we, like, we owned them on a walk-off. It was just so great. So the next night, a bunch of our normal guys couldn't come, so I had to play. And so I'm in there, and we're winning. We are winning this game. And I'm like, yes, we're going to do this. We're going to go to the championship. We have like five or six outs left to get in like the later part of the game. And in the last two innings, I had three errors that cost us the game and you can ask Joey I literally walked off the field grabbed my gear and vanished everyone was like where did Doug go did he email himself home like what happened and Joey's texting me like dude keep your head up I'm like shut up you know like I just miserable right and so I just so beat myself up over that kind of stuff so those are three reasons why my illustrious church softball career may come to an end when my contract is up you know somewhere around there fear, doubt, and shortcoming. So, so that's true of, of softball, but it's also true of many people's relationship with, with God. You see, fear, doubt, and shortcomings are three huge reasons why people give up on Jesus, why they don't continue on, why they just kind of stall out in their relationship with God. On New Year's Day, some of you guys came to our, just our one morning service, and in that message, I encouraged you guys in 2017 to continue on in your faith. 
Continue on in Jesus. Don't give up. Don't be discouraged. Don't let go. And I just felt that we should continue to talk about that a little bit here today, but specifically about fear, doubt, and our shortcomings. Because I think so often that's what takes us out. When I talk about fear, what do I mean? I don't mean fear like anxiety. That's an important thing to talk about. We'll talk about in the future. We've talked about it in the past. But what I'm talking about is a fear about following Jesus specifically. A fear about saying, I'm a Christian. A fear about saying, Jesus, I trust you. Now, why is that a big deal? Well, I don't know if you felt it, but America's changing. And there's some fear now, I think, attached to saying, I'm a follower of Jesus. Now, it's nothing compared to what's going on around the world and persecution in other nations, but, but things are just starting to change here. And some of you guys know that. Some of you guys who are in college, you, you've tried to do like Bible clubs in your colleges or whatever, and they're met with a lot of resistance. Um, some of us, though, you know, we're, we're, we're thinking, if I, if I say I'm a follower of Jesus, I feel like I'm going to be grouped with the people who are, are you know, bigots or um, maybe they're hypocrites, or, and unfortunately, Christians have sort of made some of that name for themselves, but it just thinks when we all kind of get grouped together, you know? Some of you guys might just say, well, I'm not afraid to say I'm a Christian, but I'm afraid to surrender things to God. I'm afraid to surrender him my singleness and say, God, do what you got to do. I'm afraid to surrender him my future and say, God, lead me to what you have. I'm afraid to surrender to him my, my marriage. I don't know. Maybe you're afraid to simply surrender some areas of your life to God. Or, or maybe you're afraid that God's going to ask you to give something up. You just don't want to give up. Like, if I give this up, man, what's life going to look like? How are things going to go? I thought things were going to be so different. And so some of us, we have this fear obstacle in the way of being as close to Jesus as we could be. And we won't continue on because of fear. What about doubt? Doubt's a big one. You guys know, if you've been around, my story is full of doubt right? Doubt that Jesus can be trusted. Doubt that, man, did Jesus really rise back from the dead? I mean, seriously? Do, does Jesus still answer prayer? Do, if, we, if, I, if I bring him a request, is he actually going to show up? I mean, sometimes don't we wrestle with these doubts? Is that where you are today? Are you, are you, do you have this huge barrier of doubt between you and continuing on in Jesus? Or are you walking to the door tonight saying, man, I'll sing songs and I'll listen, but I don't know if anybody's on the other end of it. I can relate to that, man. I have so been there. And so fear and doubt. But lastly, our shortcomings, right? Don't a lot of our shortcomings get in the way of us continuing on with Jesus, right? Because I think we think that God is as sick of us as we are of ourselves. Why? Because we make promises to God, we make promises to people, and then we fall short. And so we go, God, this is going to be the year, man. I'm not going to look at anything inappropriate anymore. And we fall short. We go, okay, some of you guys who are married or in a relationship, you're dating or you tell your spouse or the person you're dating or maybe some of you guys that have kids, you're telling your kids or maybe your parents, I'm not going to scream at you anymore. I'm not going to get angry. Like I'm, I'm, This is the year where my anger gets broken and we fall short. Some of us have decided this is, this is the year I'm going to stop with drugs, I'm going to stop with alcohol and we've already fallen short. Some of us, we decided early on in this year, okay, this is the year I'm going to share my faith a lot and we're just afraid. And we feel like God is looking at us like, why do you keep falling short? Some of us came up with a plan on January 1st. Okay, God, we are going to spend some serious time together this year. I'm going to get up 30 minutes early, or I'm going to stay up 30 minutes late. And January 1st, we made this great plan. And by January 3rd, we already broken that plan three times, right? And we fall short. And we go, God, why would you want me? Maybe I just need to give up. Is that where you are today? Just feeling so far from God because of your shortcomings. 
I don't know about you, I've struggled with all three of those things at various times in my relationship with God. Fear of being known as a Christian or fear of surrendering things to God. My doubt about who he is and my shortcomings within. Tonight, I just want to talk a little bit about this because here's the truth. If you are thinking about giving up, if you're thinking about not continuing on your relationship with Jesus because of any of these things, then I just need you to know that you're believing a lie. See, here's the lie that we believe. We believe that our fear about being known as a follower of Jesus means that our faith has fallen. Or we believe that the fact that we have doubts about who God is and that he'll actually come through means maybe we're not actually his. Or we believe that our shortcomings have, are, are really evidence that, man, there's no way I could actually be a follower of Jesus. And, and the truth is, tonight, guys, is that fear, I'm sorry, fear, doubt, or, or those shortcomings, they do not equate failure of faith. They are not reasons to give up on your relationship with God. Now, some of you guys would say, well, I'm not ready to go that far. I'm not ready to just throw in the towel on God. But here's what I want to say to you. Some of you are letting your fears, your doubts, and your shortcomings keep you from the full potential that God has for you. They're in the way of you reaching out like you could. Because here's your train of thought. Well, I have so many fears. I have so many doubts about who God is. I have so many shortcomings of my own. Who am I to tell anybody else? Who am I to invite anybody else to church? Who am I to influence anybody else? And tonight, I just so badly want you to see that your fear, your doubt, and your shortcomings do not equal your faith failing. They do not equal you not belonging to God. They do not equal that you were never the real thing in the first place. In fact, what we're going to do tonight is we're going to identify the one time it's true that our faith has failed. We're going to see one time, one thing that would be true of us where we could say, okay, now my faith has failed. But we're going to talk about fear and doubt and shortcomings along the way. So we're going to look tonight at one of my favorite stories about a guy who was giving in to fear, doubt, and his own shortcomings. And we're going to talk a little bit about a guy named Peter. And I've joked with you guys in the past, Peter is going to be waiting outside the gate of heaven for me with a gang of people. And when I get there, he's going to say, that's the guy. That's the pastor who's always telling his church about all the stupid things I did. Get the bald man. And he's going to come after me. Now, that's horrible theology for two reasons. Number one, Peter's not going to have a gang in heaven. And number two, I'm going to have so much hair in heaven, he won't recognize me as a bald man. No doubts about that. So here is Peter. And many of you guys are familiar with Peter. Right? You know Peter as the guy who was a follower of Jesus. You know Peter as the guy who saw Jesus do incredible things. You know Peter as the guy who said, Jesus, I will die with you. You know Peter as the guy when somebody tried to arrest Jesus, took out his sword and took off the dude's ear. Right, That Peter, this fearless, faithful, holy guy. But when Jesus gets arrested, we see a new Peter. We see a Peter who was anything but faithful. We see a Peter who's full of fear and doubt and shortcomings. And tonight, we want to kind of unpack this story a little bit and look at what happens in this story. And if you're familiar with this, I hope to bring out some new things that maybe you haven't thought about before or at least in a while. But tonight, we're going to look at Luke 22 for most of the night. And here is what happens. It says in verse 54, Then seizing him, they led him away and took him into the house of the high priest, Peter followed at a distance. What does this mean? It's talking about when Jesus was seized and arrested. And now he's standing 
on trial here in the, in the house of the high priest, and Peter is following at a distance, and he thinks he's safe. He thinks he's far enough back. He thinks no one's going to see him or recognize him. And so here he is, kind of peering in, looking, seeing what's going on. And in verse 55 it says, And when some there had kindled the fire in the middle of the courtyard and had sat down together, Peter sat down with them. A servant girl saw him seated there in the firelight. She looked closely at him and said, This man was with him. Look at this. But he denied it. Woman, I don't know him, he said. What happened here? What happened here? Peter was crippled by fear. Fear about associating as a follower of Jesus. Fear of saying, yes, I am a Christian. Have you ever been there? Have you ever felt funny about saying, yeah, I'm a follower of Jesus? Have you ever even said to God, God, I don't know if I could follow you because maybe the cost is too high. God, I don't know that I could surrender these areas of my life to you. God, I don't know that if you asked me to give this up or to go there, if I'd have the guts to do it. That's exactly what's going on with Peter here. The cost was too high. He was too afraid to stand up and be counted as a follower of Jesus. Guys, I just want to be real with you tonight. My own life, I understand that. About two years ago, when I really noticed some things changing in our nation, I got so gripped with fear. I, I, I literally, like, I couldn't read enough books about fear, how to overcome fear. I couldn't, like, be in God's Word enough reading verses about fear and how He had me. And I was so afraid about not just identifying as a follower of Jesus, but being a pastor. I, I began to think, do I have what it takes no matter what happens in our nation, to continue to stand for Jesus. Have you ever felt that before? Have you ever felt like that was going to take out your ability to continue on, just that fear in your life? Because I can relate to that, and I can relate to what Peter is feeling here. But if you think about it, it's not just fear, right? Isn't Peter also giving in to doubt? What do I mean by that? Well, Jesus told Peter and all the rest of the disciples This is what's going to happen. I'm going to get arrested. They're going to kill me. And then I'm going to rise back from the dead. Well, the first part of that has happened. Right? Jesus has been arrested. And Peter, in this moment, instead of saying, wait a minute. Jesus said he's coming back. Jesus said everything's going to be all right. Jesus said he's got this. He warned me. Instead of looking at those promises of God, what does he do? He freaks out and he doubts. He thinks if they turn on Jesus, they could turn on me too. And he gives into his doubts. Is that where you are tonight? Are you ready to give up? Are you ready to not continue on or at least be not as effective as you could have been because of the doubts you have? Many of you know my story. In college, I start to begin to have these terrible doubts about Jesus. I begin to wrestle and for years, it just felt like my relationship with God was going nowhere. I felt like I was literally in like a prison of doubt and I began to just wrestle and struggle, and I felt so isolated. I think that's one of the things about doubt. We're afraid to share with other people that we're doubting. We're afraid to let anybody else in and say, man, I don't know if Jesus can be trusted. I just want to let you know, if you're not a follower of Jesus, or if you are, this is a safe place to share that with somebody. We want this to be a safe place for you to be in process when you doubt and when you struggle. But here is Peter wrestling with his doubt, like maybe you are tonight. So Peter's given into his fears and his doubts. Verse 58, a little later, someone else saw him and said, you also are one of them. Man, 
I am not, he replied. Again, Peter denies Jesus. Verse 59, about an hour later, another asserted, certainly this fellow was with him, for he's a Galilean. Peter replied, man, I don't know what you're talking about. So uh, Peter again denies Jesus. Just think about it this way. I know some of us would feel a little bit uncomfortable in our workplace or our school just saying, hey, I'm a Christian. I'm a follower of Jesus. Anybody got any questions? Come see me after, right? We'd feel a little bit funny about doing that. But I would guess most of us, if someone came to us and said, hey, do you go to church? Are you a follower of Jesus? I would guess most of us would say, yeah, yeah, I go. But what Peter did was he just denied every association he had with Jesus or following the way of God, and he did it three times to three different groups of people. He said, no, I don't know him. That's not me. You got me confused, confused with somebody else. That's like you saying, I don't go to that church. No, man, I've never stepped foot in that place. I don't listen to those podcasts. I don't, I've never been on, in a community group. I've never served on a team there. That's what Peter has just done to Jesus. It says here, then Peter remembered the word the Lord had spoken to him. Before the rooster crows today, you will disown me three times. And he went outside and wept bitterly. I want you to just focus on a verse right before this one for a second. I want you to think about something, right? Think about your worst moment. You know that worst moment you've ever had? That that, that moment where you've done something you are so ashamed of? Imagine this happening to you. Look at the verse right before we just read. It's, it's 60 into 61. It says, just as he was speaking, the rooster crowed. Just as Peter was denying that third time, the rooster crowed. The Lord turned and looked straight at Peter. Can you imagine that look? Like we all know, like if you're a follower of Jesus, you believe that God sees everything, right? But can you imagine after your worst moment, Locking eyes with Jesus. Can you imagine what that must have felt like? And so Peter goes out and he weeps bitterly. And what's interesting here is that Peter's temptation to give up because of fear and doubt has now turned into a temptation to give up because of his shortcomings. And his fear and his doubt are some of his biggest shortcomings, but then comes the denial. And so he has denied his Savior over and over again. I remember... In college, as I'm wrestling through doubt and stuff, I'm, but I'm, I'm also like training to be in ministry, right? I'm also going to school to be a pastor. And I just remember thinking to myself, I have so many shortcomings. Like, I, I, I'm so cocky. I'm so impure. Should I really continue on? Should I really continue this training to go tell people about Jesus? I'm the last guy who should be doing it. Maybe you can relate to that. Maybe you can relate to feeling like giving up on God or at least giving up on being used by him because of some of the choices that you've made. But what I want you to see that's so powerful, that changes everything in these verses, is actually just a few verses before. You ever been watching a great movie and as you're watching the movie, suddenly they drop you back a bit and now you're, you're seeing something that happened beforehand? Well, I want to show you something that happened a few verses earlier that just unlocks this whole thing so powerfully. I want to show you a little verse, a little conversation that takes place before Jesus is arrested and before Peter denies Jesus. Look at what it says in verse 31. Simon, Simon. Now Jesus is talking to Peter still. We're going to talk about why he calls him Simon in a minute. 
Simon, Satan is asked to sift all of you as wheat. Basically, what Jesus is saying to Peter and the other disciples is Satan wants to destroy you. He wants to obliterate you. But then Jesus says this, but I have prayed for you, Simon, and pay attention to these next few words, that your faith may not fail. That's what we're talking about here tonight, is our faith failing, right? Feeling like our faith has failed because of our fear, our doubt, or our shortcomings. But then look at what Jesus says, and when you've turned back, strengthen your brothers. Then, if you keep reading, Jesus goes on to tell Peter, you're going to deny me three times tonight. Now, let's talk about why he calls him Simon first. When Jesus first met Peter, his name wasn't Peter, it was Simon. And Jesus actually gave Simon the name Peter. And so some people think that when Jesus calls him Simon, he's actually kind of saying, Peter, the old you is about to do something you're really going to regret. But hang in there, because I've prayed for you, that your faith would not fail. And when you turn back, strengthen your brothers. And oh, by the way, you are going to deny me three times. Now, let's just stop for a second. Think about this. Wouldn't you think that Jesus' definition of Peter's faith failing would be him denying him three times? Right? Don't you and I look at that story and go, wait, Jesus, you just said, I've prayed your faith would not fail, and then you told him he's going to go deny. Wait a minute, that, that doesn't sound like your prayer worked, Jesus. It kind of sounded like you prayed his faith wouldn't fail, and then his faith failed, and he went and denied you. What I need you to see tonight is that in Jesus' eyes, and this is so powerful for your life and my life, in Jesus' eyes, those denials, those fears, those doubts, those shortcomings, they do not equate our faith failing. Do you know what equates our faith failing? It's when we don't continue on. It's when we give up. It's when we, it would have been Peter not turning back to Jesus. You see, some of you tonight have felt like your fear equates failure of faith. Some of you feel that your doubt equates failure of faith or your shortcomings equate failure of faith. No, there's one thing that equates failure of faith. It's when we give up. It's when we don't continue on. And so your fear, your doubt, your shortcomings do not equate failure of faith. Giving up equates failure of faith. Not continuing on equates failure of faith. So some of you are fearful today. That because you have fear about following Jesus, maybe you're not the real thing. No. Continue on. That's not the failure of your faith. That is not your faith falling apart. Some of you are thinking, man, I've got doubts. How can I know if I'm really his? I'm just fearful of, of if he can be trusted. That's not the failure of your faith. But some of you, you have shortcomings. Yeah, we all do. Every one of us in this room has shortcomings. Those shortcomings are not the same as a failure of our faith. The only time our faith fails is when we don't continue on. Now, how do I know that? How do I know that? Well, I know that because Jesus prayed it, first of all. Peter, I've prayed for you. Satan wants to destroy you. I've prayed your faith wouldn't fail. And so when you turn back, strengthen your brothers. And you're going to deny me, but that doesn't equate your faith failing. But also I know it because of of a conversation that Peter and Jesus have a little bit later. So we fast forward a little now. Jesus has been killed, right? And he's been put in the grave. And then he rises back from the dead. And look at what it says in John 21, verse 2. It says, Simon Peter, Thomas, also known as Didymus, Nathaniel from Cana in Galilee, the sons of Zebedee, and two other disciples were together. I'm going out to fish, Simon Peter told them. 
And Pastor Ravone talked about this in the summer, I believe, with, with all of us. And, and he talked about when Peter says, I'm going out to fish, he wasn't saying like, hey, isn't ministry awesome? And let's just take a little night off and go fishing. And then we'll go back to ministry tomorrow. He was saying, I am giving up. Because of my fear, my doubt, and my shortcomings, my faith has failed. I wonder if Peter's thinking at this moment, man, Jesus' prayer didn't work on me. My faith did fail. He prayed it would. It did fail because I denied him like that. And I gave in to my fear and my doubt like that. But here he is saying, I give up. I give up, at least on ministry, maybe on following Jesus. But then they go fishing. Jesus shows up. A risen Savior shows up, cooks them breakfast. And here's this famous conversation in verse 15. It says this. When they'd finished eating, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? Yes, Lord, he said. You know I love you. Jesus said, feed my lambs. Why does he say feed my lambs? Because that's a little word that Jesus used to refer to his people. He says, go feed my people. And then he calls them sheep a little bit later. Verse 16, again, Jesus said, Simon, son of John, do you love me? He answered, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. Jesus said, take care of my sheep. The third time he said to him, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter was hurt because Jesus asked him the third time, do you love me? He said, Lord, you know all things. You know that I love you. Jesus said, feed my sheep. Jesus is saying, get back to ministry. Don't give up, Peter. Continue on. I know you think you can't continue on because of your fear that you gave into. I know you think you can't continue on because of the doubt you gave into. I know you think you can't continue on because of all those shortcomings. Peter, I'm here to tell you to continue on. Because listen, this is what matters if you love me. If you love me. Now some of you here tonight would say, but I'm worse than Peter. Peter denied Jesus a bunch of times. And then everything kind of seemed okay for him. I have denied Jesus with my life over and over and over again. The way that I've lived, the things I've said, the things I've done, my fears, my doubts. Can I just encourage you a little bit? If Jesus were standing on the stage tonight, do you know what I'm confident in? I'm confident he wouldn't look you in the eyes and ask you tonight, okay, if you promise to never be fearful again, you're back in. If you promise to never be full of doubt again, you're back in. If you promise to never look at this again or go there or drink that or say that or lose your temper, then you're back in. I'm confident he wouldn't say any of that. You know what I'm confident he would ask you? I'm confident he would look you in the eyes as you feel inadequate and like your faith has failed and he would say this, do you love me? And if the answer is yes to that question, you know what he'd say? Continue on. Don't give up. Don't give up on me. And he'd say, don't give up on what I've called you to. He's placed things in each of you for, per- for a purpose, to reach others for him. Continue on. And so what I want you guys to see here tonight is that the only way your faith will fail is if you don't continue on. That's what we see in Scripture. That's what we see so clearly in this story, that Jesus' definition of our faith failing is giving up is not turning back to him when we fall. It's when we stop getting up. It's when we stop putting one foot in front of the other. And some of us are tempted to do that right now. Some of us have done that, and we're just coming back, trying to get our feet going again. Some of us haven't maybe given up on God, but we've given up on an amazing thing God put on our heart to do. And tonight, I just hope you will say, all right, I'm going to continue on with my fears, my doubts, and my shortcomings. I'm going to continue on because I love him. Now, let me just encourage you. 
Some of you guys are like, I would love to continue on, but I just don't know if my grip of God is strong enough. I don't know if I'm hanging tight to him as strongly as I need to be to endure all this. Can I just encourage you that God is holding you? God is holding you. Yes, we need to cling to him. Yes, we need to continue on, but he's got you. I think of of my little son. Whenever I lift him up, he's not real little anymore, but when he was real little, whenever I lift him up, Landon was the only one of my kids that would do this. Whenever I would lift him up, I'd pick him up, and if he was kind of half asleep and he'd fall asleep in the car or whatever, he would just ever so slightly just let his arms kind of like just sort of dangle over mine, just sort of leaning in on me. And here I am just carrying him all the way. And he's full on leaning on me, supporting, supported completely by me. You know, Kate and Brynn, they would kind of like wrap their arms around my neck. And some of you guys, I, I, I'm good, man. I got God like this right now. Awesome. Continue on. But some of you guys, if you're honest, you're like Lennon. You, you're just, you're leaning in. But man, you don't even have a grip on him. He has you. And this is part of the mystery of free will and God's sovereignty. Because what I want to tell you tonight is, yeah, we have to continue on with our free will and approach him. But at the same time, in his sovereignty, he has you. And so continue on, but he's got you. He's got you, but continue on. Continue to walk toward him. Let me encourage you guys just sort of with speaking to each little category as we wrap things up here. And so if you're here tonight and you're saying, I'm fearful. I'm afraid to follow Jesus. I'm afraid to surrender to him. I'm afraid that he can't be trusted. I'm afraid he's going to ask me something for something that I don't want to give him. Can I just remind you of another little conversation that Peter and Jesus had? See, all these people are following Jesus, and suddenly Jesus does some things and says some things that offends them, and a bunch of them leave. And Jesus looks at his followers, including Peter, and he says, you guys are going to leave me too? Some of you guys know what Peter says. He says, where else are we going to go? You hold the words of life. Where else am I going to go, Jesus? You're the one that raises the dead. You're the one that heals the sick. You're the one that forgives sin. Where else am I going to go? So if I can just encourage you tonight, if you're afraid of saying, I'm a follower of Jesus, where else are you going to go? He holds the words of life. You're going to start following your own plan? That's not going to work out well. You're going to start following somebody else's plan? That's not going to work out well. Jesus is worth it. It's scary sometimes to follow Jesus, but it's always worth it. And so if you have fear tonight, continue on. If you're full of doubt tonight, can I tell you a little strategy that God gave me years ago? Like I said, coming out, you know, through college and coming out of college and all that, my several years struggle with doubt. I wrestled through by the grace of God. I can tell you this, he had me way more than I had him during that season, that's for sure. But when I came out of that, I have never, by the grace of God, gone through a season of doubt like that again. But There have been waves of doubt that have hit me over the years since then. And do you know what God really put on my heart when I went through it several years ago? Just this idea. Doug, continue on. And as you do, you're going to see again what you already know is true about me. You see, there are times where God doesn't seem to be as close. He doesn't seem to be as loud. It's not as easy to see or hear him. And in those times, your faith can be crippled like mine was for many years. Or you can just continue to approach him, to continue to pursue him. And in those moments, you know what's going to happen? He's going to show himself in a fresh way to you. He's going to show you again that he can be trusted. So if you are here tonight, you're saying, I'm ready to give up because of my doubt. 
No, continue on and watch him show up again in your life in a fresh way. And lastly, your shortcomings. The last thing I want you to think tonight is that your sin doesn't matter. Your sin does matter. You know why it matters? It matters firstly because it cost Jesus life to redeem you and forgive you of that. But secondly, it matters because God loves you so much. He sees the sin you and I go for and tries to convince us, stay away from it. It is poison for you. And so your sin does matter. And we're going to talk a little bit about that in a new series next week. But what I want you to see tonight is if you're ready to give up on your relationship with God because of shortcomings or sin in your life, if you can say to the question, do you love me? Yes, I love you. Then continue on. And here's what I need you to see. Everyone look me in the eyes as we wrap this thing up. You ready for this? The beautiful thing about our Savior is this. That when we approach him with our fear, our doubt, and our shortcomings, he then says, let me help you with your fear, your doubt, and your shortcomings. He's this incredible, merciful God who doesn't say, figure out the fear, doubt, shortcoming stuff, and then approach me. No, he says, bring those things to me. Let me infuse your life to overcome the fear, the doubt, and the shortcomings. That's the amazing, gracious Savior that we have. And so continue on. If there were someone to stand on this stage that had no fear, no doubt, and no shortcomings, the stage would always be empty because no one ever that could stand up here to lead in a song or to give a testimony or to speak a message is free of those things. But as we continue on, as God infuses our lives and he helps us with our fear, our doubt, and our shortcomings more and more, we begin to see victories in our lives in those areas. And so will you bring him your fear, your doubt, and your shortcomings? If you're not a follower of Jesus, I have a question for you. Where else are you going to find this? Where else are you going to find a God who loves you so much he died for you, who bases everything on love and wants to enter into the fear, doubt, and shortcomings in your life and bring hope and freedom? There's nowhere else you find this but Jesus. If you want to put your trust in him tonight, we would love for you to do that. So do you have fear sometimes about being a follower of Jesus? Yes, so do I. Do you have doubt sometimes about Jesus? So do I sometimes. Do you have shortcomings? Yeah, I have a ton. Do you love Jesus? Yeah, me too. Let's continue on. God, we thank you so much that you are so merciful and that you desire to be with every one of us in the midst of our worst. And God, I just pray you'd help us. And I pray no one in this room would ever give up. And I thank you that you have us. God, help us to continue on. If you're here tonight, you're struggling with fear, would you bring that to God? If you're struggling with doubt, would you have a little conversation with him about that? If you're struggling with feeling like giving up because of shortcomings, would you talk with him? If you've given up on some of the dreams he put in your heart to be in ministry or to be used by him or invite someone to church or share your faith and you're just like, man, I'm just so not okay myself. How could God ever use me? If you're there, would you have a conversation with him? about that if you're not a follower of Jesus we'd love for you to put your trust in him tonight maybe you could pray something kind of like this just quietly between you and God Jesus thank you for your incredible grace in my life thank you for dying in my place for rising again God would you show me how real and true that all is and God I give you my fear 
about being a Christian. And I give you my doubts about who you are and what you can do. And I bring to you my shortcomings and I ask you to forgive me every time I fall. Thank you for your love for me. God, help me continue on in you. In your name.